Our message today comes from a very, very well-known uh, passage in the Bible. I think most of you will recognize at least uh, a couple of these verses. But we're going to be in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And verse number 13, we're going to read down through um, verse 18. The Bible says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Now the idea here of people being asleep is those who have died, okay? It's, it's the idea they've passed on. And he doesn't want them to worry about them or to be sorrowful about them. Verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, will God bring with him. In other words, if we believe in Jesus Christ and those, our loved ones, who have gone on before us, who have passed on before us, if they also believe in Christ, we will be reunited with Christ one day. Verse 15, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of, an, of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, we use a, a fancy word in our Christian uh, doctrine. It's called eschatology. And eschatology means the study of the future, the study of future events. It's studying what the Bible says is going to happen in the future. And this particular passage is talking about something that is called the rapture. It's a time when the Lord Jesus Christ will come in the air, in the clouds, and we will be taken up, if we're still alive, we will be taken up with him to meet him in the air. <clears throat> and the Bible says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. And it says those who sleep in Christ will also go with him. And it says that we're to comfort one another with these words. We live in a sinful world. We live in a world where suffering and death is an everyday experience. Right now, I've, I, we prayed this morning in our prayer meeting, and uh, we prayed for probably six, seven, eight different people that are struggling, that are in the hospital, that are dealing with some type of sickness. Uh, praying for uh, one, uh, a couple of different people in our church who someone in their family has died. We're praying for a funeral today of a, of a man in our ministry who died, and we're praying that some of his family will get saved at the funeral. But suffering and death, this is an experience, it's an everyday experience in this world we live in. We are tried, we're tested every day. We face obstacles and challenges that sometimes lead us to discouragement and fear. People get discouraged when someone dies. People have fears over the, what's going to happen to them. How are they going to provide for the family? How are they going to make a living? How are they going to finish school? Who's going to pay their school fees? There's, all kinds of fears and challenges that people face in life. So we often need comfort. We often need encouragement. 
And what these verses are telling us is that God is saying that we should take comfort in the fact that He's coming again. And He is going to take us to be with Him. And that our loved ones are going to be with us if we all believe in Christ. In this COVID-19 situation, there's been much fear and uh, in some cases, death. Not as much death as you're being told, and not as much sickness as you're being told. And be careful what you hear, because there's a lot of misinformation out there. But there has been a lot of suffering through the coronavirus situation. And so we often need comfort from God's words. And the truth that Jesus is coming again is a comfort to the heart of the believer. The idea of being with God in a paradise helps us to get through our present afflictions, our present sufferings, because we know good times are coming. You know, you take a man who goes out, a farmer, let's take a farmer, he goes out to work in his fields, and he knows the sun is going to beat down on him, and he knows it's going to be hot, and he knows he's going to get thirsty. And he knows his body is going to get tired. It's suffering as he works in the fields. But he also knows that in the harvest time, the fruit is going to come. And the work and the suffering is worth it to participate in the reward of the fruit that the farm products bring. And that's the same idea as we live our Christian life in this sinful world and as we endure suffering and as we endure the, the death that life brings. We can look forward to the coming of the Lord and to His paradise and to being with Him just as a farmer looks forward to the harvest time when he will reap what he has sown. The idea again, being with God in a paradise helps us to get through the present afflictions. I often use this scripture that we just read when I preach at funerals to comfort loved ones. The Bible says in Titus chapter 2, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. We're to be looking for that blessed hope. The word hope, it means a happy expectation. When you hope, it means you expect something to happen. Biblically, that's what the word means. It doesn't mean to wish for something. It means that you expect something to happen, and it's something positive. So Jesus is our blessed hope. He is our happy expectation. Him coming will be worth the wait. It'll be worth our sacrifices, it'll be worth any suffering we endure. However, the idea of God's coming again, the idea of us facing our Lord Jesus Christ, it should do something more than comfort us. It's, it also serves another purpose. I want us to lead, read also from 1 Thessalonians. We're going to go to the next chapter. Chapter 5, we're going to read verse 4. So we're still in the same letter, and we're still, we're still in the same passage. And God's going to go on to give us more to this story. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and verse 4, it says this, 
But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. The day he's talking about is the coming of the Lord. And he says, it should not overtake us as a thief. A thief does not tell you he's coming, and you're not looking for a thief to come. He catches you by surprise. What he's saying is, we should not be surprised at the coming of the Lord, but we should be watching and looking for it. We don't know when it's going to come, but when it comes, it shouldn't surprise us. It could be today. He says in verse 5, Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We're not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. We are to watch. So the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, that includes His rapture and also includes other events. But the second coming of the Lord to, to the earth, His rapture, it should encourage us, yes. It should comfort us, yes. But it should also challenge us. It should also motivate us. It should motivate us to be busy at our post. Busy doing what He left us here to do. What did He tell us to do? Well, He told us to watch. What is a watchman? A watchman is someone who is hired to stand guard. We have four watchmen at our church premises. We're, they're there on our property 24 hours, seven days a week. Not all four of them, but they work in shifts. And their job is to stand guard. Their job is to watch for the thief, for the, to watch for those that shouldn't be on our property, to watch for those that would want to bring harm or want to do wrong. They have a job to do, and they're to be busy doing it. And God has left us with something to do. He's left us with a job to do. He's left us to be sober, and He's left us to be watched. That means we're to be serious. We're not to be, <clears throat> this is not a big party for us. This is not to be, uh, we're not to just be living it up and drinking it all in, but we're to be busy working for the Lord Jesus Christ. The farmer who's not working hard to sow his seed and to keep the weeds out and to take care of his plants is the farmer who won't reap the benefits of the harvest. He is not, or we are not, to be slumbering in sleep, but we're to be alert, serving, working, and fulfilling the responsibilities that God has left us with. A proper watchman is not at ease, but he is vigilant, alert, on guard, and obedient. Have you ever gone somewhere where there was a security guard? And when you saw the security guard, he, he looked like this. He's sleeping, not paying attention, not alert. Have you ever walked right past the security guard and he never saw you? He's not fulfilling his job. And we as believers, we have been left here to watch, to be sober, to be serious, to fulfill what God has given us to do. What has God given us to do? Well, he's told us, told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel 
to every creature. That's our mission. That's our job. And let me say to all of you watching this today, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? Do you know for sure that heaven is your home? If you don't know for sure that heaven is your home, then you need to get that nailed down. You need to understand how to go to heaven. You need to contact us and let us help you. So you can know for sure that you're the child of God and you're on your way to heaven. But if you are born again, you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, then we're to be watchmen. We've been given a charge. We've been given a job to do. The Bible says in Luke chapter 12, in verse 43, Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. The Lord had left men to take care of his vineyard. And when he came back, he wanted to find them taking care of his vineyard. And God has left us here. In his vineyard, God has left us here to reach the souls of men. And when he comes back, he wants to find us so doing. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, in verse 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. See, again, we're talking about the coming of the Lord. We're talking about future events. We're talking about standing before the Lord Jesus Christ one day and being judged according to how we lived our life on earth. This is not God judging us whether we will go to heaven or hell. This is God judging us according to our works to see what he will reward us. You see, I am saved. I cannot go to hell, but I will be judged by God one day in heaven. And when he judges me, he will judge me according to what I did for him. And if I served him and I earned rewards, he will bless me. But if I did not, I lose my reward. You can find that in 1, Timothy, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 through 15. But there's a judgment of God's people in heaven. And we need to be faithful so that we can reap a reward at that judgment. In verse 2, it says, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. What does that mean? That means be ready, be prepared, and be willing to give the truth, to preach what's right, whether it's popular or whether it's unpopular, whether it's in season or out of season, whether people like it or don't like it, preach the truth. It says reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. And I want to bring your attention to verse number 5. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. I want to draw your attention to the action of this verse. This verse tells us to watch. This verse tells us to endure. This verse tells us to do the work. This verse tells us to make full proof. We talked about what watch means. It means to be alert, to be on guard, to endure afflictions. We talked about the fact that we live in a sinful world. We live in a world where problems come, challenges come, obstacles come. Expect it, embrace it, get past it, endure it, don't quit. Endure the affliction, keep going. 
and do the work. Do the work of what? It says do the work of an evangelist. We're left here to win the souls of men. We're not left here to win the rewards of the world, to win the accolades of the world. We're not here to prove to anybody that we're the best at this or the best at that. We're not here to be the best footballer or to be the best scientist or to be the best doctor or be the best lawyer. If you are one of those things, I'm happy for you. But we're left here to do the work of an evangelist. You know what the work of an evangelist is? It's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's what God has commanded every disciple to do. Every one of us have an obligation to go to our workplace and make sure people know the truth that Jesus says. Every one of us, wherever we go, wherever we work, whatever profession we're in, we have a responsibility to do the work of an evangelist. And then it says, make full proof of thy ministry. Make full proof means to accomplish something. It means to complete your work. To make full proof of thy ministry. God has given us a job to do. And we're to do it. We're to complete the work He's given us to do. Man, I'm excited. I get excited, man. You know, on, uh, on, on Easter Sundays, we, we, we sing the song, He arose, He arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. I love to hear that. I love to hear about how He came up out of that grave and He went up into heaven. But that's not the end of the story. He's coming again. We sing the song, there is coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye. See, there's coming a day when Jesus comes back and He takes us to glory land. I get excited about that. I'm pumped about that. I'm glad looking forward to that. That comforts my heart. That encourages me. But I'm to do more than that. And the second coming of Christ is to have a greater ministry in my heart than just to encourage me and to comfort me. But the idea of His coming is to challenge me. It's to motivate me to watch, to be on guard, to be alert, to be prayerful, to endure affliction, to do the work of an evangelist, to make full proof of my ministry, to accomplish the work God has given me to do. Some of y'all out there, all you do is you take in and you take in and you take in. Christianity to you is listening to a message, listening to some encouragement. It's asking somebody to pray for you. Maybe it's a, attending a church service. But Christianity should be so much more than that. Christianity should be you praying for others. Christianity should be you knocking on people's doors, telling them about Jesus Christ. Christianity should be you being an example to your neighbor, loving your neighbor, making full proof of the work God has given you to do. Christianity for you should be enduring the 
afflictions of this life with a smile on your face and joy in your heart and showing Christ to those who need Him. That's what our lives should be on this earth. And that's what the second of coming of Christ should motivate us to do. It should encourage us and comfort us, but also motivate us to the work. In Matthew chapter 26, the Bible says this in verse 38, Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. He's talking to his disciples. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's going to go to the cross and suffer, and he knows it. He has Peter and James and John with him, and he asks them to watch and pray with him. He goes a little a ways away, and he prays by himself. He comes back a little later, and he finds them sleeping. He says, could you not watch with me? And that's what he's saying to us today. He's saying, hey, Christians, believers, my children, could you not watch with me? Could you do more than just rejoice in the fact that I'm your Savior, but could you treat me as your Lord and get busy doing the work I've called you to do, make full proof of your ministry? Could you find enough faith to endure the afflictions that come your way and to keep going and do the work of an evangelist? It's not enough for us just to listen to sermons. It's not enough for us to just read a devotion book every day and let it bless our hearts. we got to be out there helping others. We have a work to do. I hope you'll get involved. If you don't have a good church to go to, contact us. We'll help you to find one if we can. Come visit our church in Beauchene. We'd love to have you. If you're not sure that if you died today that you'd go to heaven, contact us. We want to help you. If you'd like to follow us on our social media platforms, many of them have been on the screen while you're watching this program. We have a a Twitter feed, a Facebook page, a YouTube channel. We post all of these videos onto our YouTube channel eventually. You can watch them there and re-watch other episodes that you've missed. We have a Podbean where you can listen to sermons on your phone that are preached here on TV3. There are many ways you can connect with us. Thank you for watching the Fundamental Hour, and God bless you.